sand through the hourglass. Today is the longest day of my life. Welcome back to the longest days of our lives, a 24 fan cast. It is day three, hour two, and I am one of your hosts, Jack Bear Superfan Mike Cushing. And I'm another one of your hosts, 24 newbie Curtis Perry. And I am your third and final wine boy for the evening, Michael Howard. This intro fueled perfectly by red wine. Red wine. It's I'm what you drink a, when you want to pretend you're not drinking. I'm drinking a fine red blend mm. that... Um, Trader Joe's was selling for three ninety nine a bottle. Oh well, that is a nice vintage. Three ninety nine vintage is mm. well. It was normally um, uh, nine dollars at Publix, Get and out I of saw here, Publix. it three ninety nine at Mister Joe's, and I was like, I'd like to make you a trade, sir. Your tenders are not worth the markup on the wine. Do you think that's what Publix is doing? Yeah, they, they bring just... you in with attendees, and then everything else is way more expensive. You don't even realize it. Because attendees are also not market priced. <laughs> well, gents, how are you doing on this second hour of the third longest day of Jack Bauer's life? I'm intrigued, y'all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This was a nice and toit episode, mm-hmm. I thought. After um, obviously, we spent a solid two hours and ten minutes talking last week, and I, you know. Speaking of nice and tight, we actually didn't have that much. I think the only thing I had to edit out, really, of the last episode was the pee break. <laughs> we did um, talk for so long that we, we defo needed to pee. Which is kind of the hallmark of this show. But this this episode, the first four minutes to the contrary, I think is going to be just humming along, nice, tight. I, mean, it's gonna be I have a theory about why it was so, so toit hmm? uh, that we'll get to later. Okay, cool. We'll, tease um, let's that give one a, out. What? Huh? Oh, whoa. Uh, let, let's give a quick recap of uh, episode one, just for if anyone forgot that we were doing this show in the three months we took off. Um, and like maybe they're just catching up. Um, so we opened up. There are basically terrorists who are threatening to release a type three pulmonary virus called the Cordilla virus that could kill millions of people in L.A. in less than 24 hours. Unless a drug lord who has terrorist ties named Ramon Salazar is released from prison. And uh, Mr. Jack Bauer was undercover with Ramon Salazar and took him down. Um, and uh, along the way, he picked up a healthy addiction to heroin. Okay, um, so um, for yes. anyone just joining us, hearing you say all of that, um, it sounded like you were just mad-libbing something. You're like, there is a virus so that a drug lord <laughs> cannot get... Three dragons will swoop down from a mountain because they're addicted to heroin. And a second dragon said, not today, sir. And um, the dragon, the second dragon's daughter works for him now. And that's weird. Um, So we also learned that a burnout named Kyle Singer, who looks like the dude you're getting Adele guy, um, was paid to smuggle in a big old bag of coke uh, that is presumably full of the Cordilla virus. Um, Kim Bauer is now working at CTU, as uh, we mentioned, and is dating a field agent named Chase Edmonds. And uh, David Palmer is prepping for a primary debate and uh, is totes voting his personal doctor. (laughs) That's did I miss anything from episode one? I think we're good, right? Uh, David Palmer's brother is his new chief of staff. Yes, and uh, Sherry is nowhere to be seen. Um, so yeah, I think that's it. So yet. So as we ended the last episode, uh, the one p.m. hour, uh, Jack Bauer had just emptied out a syringe of black tar heroin and uh, threw the syringe across his office, and uh, he is on the floor, on edge, and in a sweat, and he's. 
looking over at the syringe that he had thrown to the floor and then sits down and crawls over to it to pick it up. And what does he do? I thought he was going to, I was like, don't touch it. Don't touch that sweet vein candy, Jack. And then he, he looks at it for a while and then he fucking smashes it into the trash can. Yeah, so he, he kills the needle, mm-hmm. throws the syringe into the trash, mm-hmm. and then he mm. he's throwing other stuff away. And then what does he what does he see? Mm. Little little side horse. Mm. He, he had that side horse. Yeah, little, yeah. Little, little, little mini horse. Little Sebastian, as it were. <laughs> he had, <laughs> yeah, a little Sebastian sized <laughs> doserino of. Mm-hmm. And you know what? He didn't want any kids to get it. He didn't want anyone to think it was like, you know, a a juice or something. So he he put it in there for safekeeping. He does decide to hang on to like the eighth full, very small vial of heroin that he has. I don't don't know how much smack you need. So I know they kind of set up Ramon as being the big bad guy of the first half of the season, but obviously it's heroin. It's that horse. Yeah. Which, to be fair... Equal to um, Ira Gaines, I think, in terms of charisma and existential threat to Jack. Um, So we see several people in a conference room at CTU watching Wayne Palmer on a large screen. And Wayne, the president's brother and chief of staff, tells them that President Palmer will not make any any decision until he knows what they are dealing with and asks Tony to break it down for him. Is this normal? The chief. Of, I was gonna ask. Like, does the chief of staff get super top secret intelligence shit I, about terrorist I mean, attacks? The chief of staff sets the president's agenda. Um. So yeah, they have top secret clearance. But I yeah, assume, but right. But, but I think this is kind of more like a the joint chief of staff or right. like defense secretary kind of thing. Uh huh. Well, the the best even part the VP. about well, okay, we're gonna get into this though. So the chief of staff feels like kind of iffy for this. Someone we find out later has access to this conference call that. Is bananas to me. We'll get there in a second. But um, <laughs> so Tony in- informs uh, Wayne Palmer that there's the terrorist demand uh, to release Ramon Salazar, the drug, the drug lord and terrorist uh, kind of financier. Uh, and we're pretty sure it's his brother, Hector. And if uh, they don't comply uh, with the brother's release from prison, he's going to release the cordial virus. And Wayne just asks, like, how do we even know they have it? <laughs> Which Tony's like, all right, I'm going to let Dr. Sonny Macer take this one. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I mean, so how, how do we know you have? Well, um, they injected this dude with it, and then they dropped him on my fucking doorstep with a pipe bomb. Mm-hmm. Wayne. Um, so, so, <laughs> Wayne. Um, so she also informs her that it's a fast-acting virus, kills within 24 hours of exposure, and there's no known antidote or, antidote or vaccine. Also, it's been altered to kill faster than normal. Ten times faster. Ten ta- so ten times faster. Yeah. And then she's shows a slideshow of the progression of death and where, where did, did she get these pictures thank you thank you who was did you did you get somebody to volunteer for this shit because assume, yeah because they don't this is they've never seen this particular strain of this disease before correct, so correct. they're just like speeding up an old one okay yeah, and if, if they're saying it's 10 times faster y'all it kills in a day that means 10 days so who the fuck did they find was like, oh, yeah, we think you got this joint. Let's get some pictures of you real quick. Just and also, as you're going. For the next two week things, and a half, big guy. Two things. And not to be shitty about – well, so the second thing, not to be shitty. But the first one, I went back and watched episode one, the part where they reveal the corpse. Not the same guy. So they didn't take pictures of that because I thought they might have and just had – somehow she got pictures of the dead guy previously. It was like, okay. Um, so not that. But also, this guy got a plague – Dude was mad ginger and white. Like, where did this guy? If he's the only subject they have, eh, I don't. I would have heard about this virus on the news. I mean, hey, Sorry. let's go back. Let's go back to contagion, you guys. Uh, you know, G. Paltrow. 
goes over to Macau, comes back. He's dead in like three days, man. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's what happens when white ginger people go to other countries. Just immediately die. You Just get don't, dead. Don't, don't put that gold up your hoo-ha and you, you know, you won't get the Cordilla virus. <laughs> <laughs> I've, oh, the jade egg is supposed to protect you from the pulmonary virus and uh, I guess not. If you eat five jade eggs... You won't be able to breathe. That's true. Die. That's... And the Cordilla virus won't kill you. Um, Can't get killed by the Cordilla virus if you're already dead. <laughs> um, so Tony asks Wayne what the president is planning on doing. You know, a question you ask the chief of staff that he can reliably answer. Mm-hmm. And um, Wayne says, oh, we don't negotiate with terrorists. Is that true, though? Well, like, winky, we don't. But he also says... I know my brother well, and I know he will not release Ramon Salazar, no matter the threat. But so Wayne says this, and then later in the episode, he does something that ultimately betrays that he does not know David. Yeah. Whatsoever. He, yeah. Also, also, David gave Nina a pardon to find a nuke. Like, dude, mm-hmm. dude negotiates. That's mm-hmm. what he do. <laughs> no, <laughs> David's going to negotiate with Nina again this season, Curtis. <laughs> Yeah, David, um, he definitely, he definitely picks on that train problem. He definitely picks the one, which is the one, the one person on the train mm-hmm. track, even if he has to make that decision. He's definitely he the type up, of, he speeds up the train. <laughs> like, fuck it, I'll kill him. Kill I'll kill him, him my damn self. I'll shoot him. I was thinking, can I shoot the other dude? And then that way, yeah, I made a decision. Then I get all, all six of them. We've all seen speed. You shoot the hostage. Um, so Tony says, well, if um, if David ain't going to negotiate, then we don't have the time for protocol. That's two things. Please take a drink. Running out of time and also protocol. Take two you don't drinkies. don't have time for protocol? Like, isn't everything with a counterterrorism unit, like, isn't it all time bound? Shouldn't you just take the least amount of time as possible all the time? Yeah, well, they, they seem to really have a problem with handling um, terrorism. <laughs> terrorism. Like, like, anytime <laughs> actual terrorism happens, they're like, oh, my God, guys, shut everything down. <laughs> to me, though, this kind of seems that like we're dealing with a new Tony, a Tony that has learned that he can't contain Jack when things get going. And he can only hope to be like, listen, I asked for approval up front for him to do whatever the fuck was necessary. So I think Tony's kind of not mellowed, but come around the bend a little bit on you can't always work within the system. Mm. Sometimes you got to chloroform your boss. Also, maybe maybe his protocol is what he called Jack's leash. And so, like when he, mm. when shit gets real, he's like, "Oh yeah, we can't we can't deal with protocol right now." That's not inaccurate, I don't think, from mm. what I remember of this show. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, gotta bring think- Carter, gotta pull gotta pull Jack out of his uh, glass cage where he's bound up like Hannibal Lecter. Let Curtis, I need I need a bet on this one. Do you mm-hmm. think Jack at any point makes Tony go unconscious at any point in this season? <laughs> <laughs> Tony, I'm gonna go whether through direct or indirect action. <laughs> I I give it I give it thirty five percent. Okay, that's I like those odds. One in three, all right. Old yeah. the old the old Chase boys at about ninety five. He's, <laughs> he's getting he's getting something. Chase Arena's <laughs> got a yeah. Chase is getting some shit. Which actually we get to right now. We get a tiny clock at two o five. Please take a drink. And um, Jack gets a call in his office from Kim Bauer, and uh, she says uh, Adam, who played by Zachary Quinto, uh, and her have an address for David Goss, the drug dealer that they kind of tie to this whole situation. And uh, she reminds him, like, hey, I wanted to talk to you by the way about something personal. And Jack's like, it's not a good time, but um, when I have a moment, I'll come find you. And um, he then calls Chase after he hangs up and says, uh, are we close to fi- or lets him know that they're close to finding Goss. And 
as Jack is about to walk past Chase, we get one of the weirdest drunk interventions of all time. Because what does Chase say? You didn't. You didn't take it, did you? So you didn't shoot up. <laughs> you think, you, you th- first off, you can hide it from me. Like how did like, you smell smack on him? Like I don't. Get- well, and then Jack turned. What was weird was is Jack turns to him and is like, "I learned it from you, Chase. I learned not doing heroin from you." It was just like you didn't shoot up heroin. You think you can hide up not shooting heroin from me? <laughs> He's like, "Hey, Jack, at least do that methadone. We need you on drugs, buddy. Today, especially." And then he uses the best euphemism for doing heroin ever: doing junk. Look, know you have to do junk for the job. Like, there's what? some pretty good ones in here. <laughs> And I, I love that, like, Chase says, people don't just quit heroin, Jack. And Jack's like, I've been tapering off. <laughs> Which I assume is just code for every once in a while I throw a syringe across the room. That's about it. I'll, I'll have one crack, please. Just one. <laughs> okay, I'm curious. Is the tapering off a uh, frequency or an amount? Uh, probably a mix of both. No, just kind of like Michael. Some weekends... You know, during the week, I don't eat carbs. Some weekends, I have two to three donuts. Some, I only have one. <laughs> I'm tapering. I don't think you're have tapering. I quit, I have I quit donuts yet? No, I haven't. But have I gotten to zero? No. If I, The closer I get to more and more one donut weekends, eventually, I'll snap and kill someone because I didn't get a donut that weekend. Speaking of which, you know how I know I have the best wife ever? On Valentine's Day, I woke up to a Stan's Boston Cream Donut. And some chocolate covered strawberries. And fuck the chocolate covered strawberries, but there was a Stan's Boston cream donut that was, they're like, you know, the size of my fucking head. You fucked chocolate covered strawberries? I mean, I would fuck that donut, though. I, I have two things I, from that story. I, oh, sorry, wa- I walked a dozen donuts to my wife's job on Valentine's Day with roses and a Martinez apple juice. <sighs> it must be nice to not have a job. I, I went, yeah, or huh. a girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> I went early at Jake Alpha Sword. What are you, <laughs> mm. you were saying I went to the I went to the dog park with my dog. <laughs> um just, Anyway, Chase tells Jack that it's not a good day for him to be needing a fix. And as punishment for that little quip, Jack says, Go work with Chloe to find Hector Salazar. He, Jack is the best at punishing Chase. Like he knows exactly how to just fucking get to him. Which we get to it later in the yeah. Jack delivers a hammer blow on Chase, which is just mm, perfection. Mm-hmm. Um and like uh, Chase is just like, Jack, why like this is not nothing to be ashamed of. You did it while you're in the line of duty to get Salazar and Jack's like, I know what I fucking did. <laughs> <laughs> and then so Jack walks away, Chase goes to talk to Chloe, and Chloe just like casually tells Chase that Oh, I was looking at the video footage of the call with Wayne Palmer that a meeting I wasn't invited to. Yeah, I was just watching watching the video footage. Don't worry about it. And she's like, the government wouldn't really let him go, would they? <laughs> and she's like, just do your job. Find the virus. And I know we talked last week about Chloe maybe not being as bad as we remembered her being. But this one line came made it all come rushing back. She's like, uh, yeah, find him in four hours. That's unlikely, Chase. <laughs> But then I thought, then I thought maybe, maybe Chloe is supposed to be the voice of the audience, the very, very dumb Fox audience. <laughs> like, yeah, these guys aren't going to be able to do that. I just this episode made me. It was incredible because when you told me who played Chloe, I, I love Mary Lynn. She's she's fantastic um, as an actress. But I don't know what she did in the show, but I hate her face. 
Yeah. <laughs> wow, that didn't take long at all. Not even no, not even no. two episodes. Uh-uh. I was like, why 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 are you why are you a thing? <laughs> it's just yeah, so I she actually, that. I don't know. I'm I I I have this like nostalgia feel towards her that like I almost feel like I'm glad she's there, right? Like she's, she's, a, just she's the, a warm blanket. She's the character embodiment of just the phrase, gosh, okay. <laughs> like that's, <laughs> she's just Napoleon Dynamite. I feel like I'm going to be, guys, I'm going to be defending Chloe all fucking season. And that's fine. Someone needs to, because she tells Chase that Kim is bringing up some files on Goss to deliver to Jack. And Chase looks like a rat cornered by cats and just like races <laughs> over to intercept Kim. And we get another tiny clock at 207. Hey, Please take um, a drink. Can we talk about the, the name David Goss for a second? Was it mm-hmm. somebody's specific job to come up with that fucking worst name in the history of names? Like, you could pick anything for a TV show and you go with Goss. I, you know I'm what? Goss. I've always wondered how people come up with character names. Because, like, it's something... Like, I, I've been an aspiring writer. I've, I've written some short stories. And, like, coming up with names for people is always the last thing. I would have, like, character. Like, just, like, literally, like, brackets with character <laughs> name. And you're like... How do you define a person? And like in your head, what kind of person is a David Goss? Because David Goss does not sound like a, a heroin dealer for one. I'll no, he sounds like a middle-aged balding white dude who works he in an insurance like an account- firm. He sounds like yeah, he sounds like an insurance adjuster who collects like Hitler paintings. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. That guy definitely think, does heroin. You have to come up with the character names though when you're thinking about the character because you can picture them. I mean, like. Kyle Singer, they knew who Kyle Singer was. Like, oh, that's yeah. a puka shell wearing motherfucker <laughs> who's definitely gonna ferry coke across the border. Yeah, <laughs> gotta gotta have. I mean, Rick and Douche from last season, right? Mm. He's, he's, or first season. Sorry, God, it's all blending together now. At this douche point. was yeah, that was a pretty descriptive name of that guy. <laughs> they nailed it. Um, so blah, 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 we're, so we got a tiny clock. It's two oh seven. Please take a drink again. Um, and Kim hands David Goss's files over to Chase, and he's like, "Thanks for these. Uh, why do you want to tell your dad about us? You don't. Why do you want to do it? Yeah, because she's like very aware of the imminent terrorist threat today, right? Yeah, like she mm-hmm. clearly has probably seen the video as well. If Chloe has access to it, so this is the time she decides that she wants to what." Yeah. And, and Chase is aware that Jack Bauer is a Jack Bauer who's going through heroin withdrawal. And so That's- Chase knows that, which to his credit, he is the one being like, let's not do it today. <laughs> um, but so like Chase does something that kind of indicates he gets Jack's mindset. He's like, Jack's my boss. And also I'm a field agent. And this is probably the last thing he wants for you, his daughter. And he's like, Jack told me that he was never there for you or for Terry, and I he doesn't believe that a field agent can have a relationship. And Kim's like, no, he'd just be happy that I found someone I love, okay. which they've been in three months, and that was like a casual I love you, which nothing wrong with I mean, that happens. Well, she's but 20. How old is Chase? He's like late so 20s. We'll get into that. I did some, I did some looksies into stuff for this episode, which it's weird because... Michael, you know, for Trends in Low Places, a, a show that we have to do five stories about, yep. I do top seven minutes of yeah, research. that sounds about right, yeah. I looked into some shit for this episode, <laughs> including the age of Kim Bauer, end of Chase, in between each season, and the only answer I really got from that is, y'all, we really fucked up by not doing the 24 video game. 
a full season for that one because all right we'll we'll, have to just interstitial after this season hey um find us on twitch (laughs) friday nights go ahead michael then so i I was gonna say this is why i think this episode is so toy right here is because there used to be a a plot which is our jack bauer our Mm -hmm. b plot which was palmer or you know whatever the the terrorists are doing and your c plot was always this kim bullshit that you had to set up, you had extra characters, you had her running around, you had to do a lot of extra work for. So they were like, now hey, it's, what if now we it's just baked put, in. What if we just put Kim right here and then we can just pass by her? Like, just swim what past if, her instead of having to set up all this other what shit. What if we I just even, had Kim in the B plot? Yeah, sorry, Curtis. I think it's ahead. even deeper than that, guys. I, I just realized something. I think that they added in the character of Chloe to, to partially remove the hatred of Kim. <laughs> Every time I thought, like, it didn't work. Like there's always like a five to ten minute gap. Once again, twixt Chloe to Kim. Just wait until Edgar. Oh <laughs> my god. Oh, well, see, no, sweet. see, see, they right, swallowed cool. the Kim. They swallowed the Kim to kill the Terry, and then they swallowed the Chloe to kill the Tim, and then they swallowed the Edgar to kill the Chloe, and then it's all. And just then a you mess. just wait Dude. for the go- the gorillas to freeze in winter, <laughs> and everything's fine. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> I actually look, guys. Chloe's not that bad. Just don't you dare, Michael. She's you. not. She's she is she's the perfect character to play that person, though. She is the perfect foil to Jack, yes. 100%. To Jack, you to can... Kim, to Tony. She is the perfect foil to literally everyone else in the in the in the season. Well, okay, let's keep moving because we're I'm gonna put I'm gonna put the light of that one, but um <laughs> so <laughs> Kim walks away and Chase watches her and just before Kim keeps going to her desk, she's like, no, nah, never mind. And she walks into Jack's office and uh, she's like, you look stressed. And um, Chase said, you're, you're kind of stressing out. He's like, uh, stress? and huh? Huh? Jack stress? like shoots a look over at Chase's office. We're like, you tell him I'm addicted to heroin? Is that what they call it now? <laughs> did, I, did I inject sh- stress? He's like, and he's like, why would I be stressed out? And she's like, I don't know, Salazar in this terrorist yeah. threat? He's uh, like, dead oh, virus, yeah. no? <laughs> oh, yeah, that one. Oh, yeah, That's... Yeah. That's the one I got a lot of work to do. Keep this under control. And um, Kim just says, okay, well, just talk to me. And Jack's like, for sure, let's do it. So they shut, they close the door, they sit down. And um, Kim just says, you know, after everything we've been through, I find it hard to keep anything from you. And she just spills them beans. Spills them beans he's about Chase. And she's, I know he wanted to be the one to tell you, but I did it anyway. Here's what I wrote Uh, immediately. I was like, before I remembered what Jack's reaction was, I was like, he's going to be so incredibly sweet to Kim, and then he's going to rip chase a new asshole in like five minutes. Mm-hmm. The timing is correct. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, it's, you know my daughter's a moron, Chase. I can't get mad at her. She, She's Kim, for mm-hmm. Christ's sake. It's like getting mad at my dog. Like she just, She's an idiot. She doesn't know better. It's a sweet dum-dum. A sweet dum-dum. Um, so she says, well, I really care for him, Dad, and what do you think? And he's like, I don't know. I don't know what to say. I'm surprised. And I'm distracted by drugs and stuff. Um, and Kim says, By the way, well, do you I have understand. any heroin? I understand. Uh, I just wanted you to know. I'm glad you told. I'm glad I'm told, I told you. And so she stands, kisses on the cheek before he leaves. And then she looks at Chase and says, Well, I told him. And uh, Chase says, Well, what did he say? She said, He said nothing. Like, way too disappointed. Like, way too disappointed. Guys, I'm not going to lie. I thought the moment that Jack kind of cracked a little bit of a smile, he was just going to walk over, grab that good old horse, and be like, here we go. <laughs> no, you Curtis. Fuck is... You been fucking my partner? Awesome. Good news. I know. Maybe Curtis... he looked at it as good a good thing, because now he's yes. like, okay, look, I, I don't have anyone to direct this anger at right now. 
and I'm jonesing for heroin so, so bad. Now I have someone, when it's real bad, when it's at its worst, I have someone to rip their spine out now. Well, so guys, that's good. I mean, you know, like the Above the Influence campaign, like the the nationally funded anti-drug campaign was, this is my anti-drug. <laughs> this is Jack Bauer's anti-drug. <laughs> the Having desire to, to kill. kill his partner for touching <laughs> his daughter. Because he didn't, like, he's been struggling with it because he didn't know about Chase and Kim. Now he's like, oh, terrorists aren't enough. I need to, like, viscerally, <laughs> angrily kill someone. <laughs> terrorists are work. This is pleasure. He needed something to stimulate the pleasure zones of his brain. Well, they, Chase is that. They do say that you, if you find something you love, you never work a day in your life, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, Jack's, I think it's his happy place again. Yeah, I mean, he hadn't he he sawed off ahead in episode one last season. Now he's like, oh, thank you. I'm pretty sure the only time I've seen Jack Bauer smile in this show is when he I, I think he assaulted Rick right in one episode <laughs> when he when he did the towel, towel game in season one. Uh, he mm. did have a, he did crack a little so smile. So happy. <laughs> well, gents, we get another tiny clock. It is two eleven, uh, and uh, Michelle Dessler takes a or maybe. Michelle Almeida at this point. Mm-hmm. see a phone call from Dr. Sonny Mazur. Don't mind if I do. No, and, it's Michelle uh, Mazur- Dessler and Tony Dessler. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, Mazur says her team found something uh, from the National Health uh, NHS. I forget what the S stands for. Institutes of Health, I think. There we go. Um, National Health Service is the thing in England. That's in Britain, yeah. <laughs> they found an unmetabolized <laughs> virus particle in Goss's body, which I didn't is know that, that one... Metabolized viros, but um, well, Curtis, thing? maybe you can. Well, I, guys, I'm not the doctor. Yeah, but, but they ask Anne later about doctor stuff, and she just knows everything. So maybe you know vicariously. She's a doctor. <laughs> no. I'm just saying. Why? I mean, what they're saying you? is that they found a powder, right? So the unmetabolized part is that they managed to put the the virus in powder form rather than just leaving it in like microbial form as like a shot. So it just stayed so, yeah, as a they powder. Just, they just found the port. They just found the powder in his system. Like they'd find yeah, cocaine so, powder in your system. Yeah. So Maester suggests. She, first of all, she says, "I'm going to skip the techno babble, which is horseshit. It's bio babble. <laughs> Get it right, you idiot." Um, and she Viro she suggests babble. that it, it was a white powder. And Michelle jumps right to, oh, so it looked like a bag of cocaine or heroin. Right? Like, how'd she get there so fast? <laughs> and Maester's like, yeah, that could do it. Or powdered sugar think- or fucking flour. Or- <laughs> like- and Maester just, like, leans into it and delivers some real law and order bullshit. Just like, yeah, someone would think they were transporting a bag of coke and never think they were carrying the virus. Yeah, I know. They're like, they like, and then they split screen to to douche here and it's like oh like okay did they really think that people weren't gonna get it from the first yeah. initial cocaine thing like we know that coke is the virus like that has been established like why didn't you go it. like you know maybe they were like hey they're sprinkling it on churros or something it could have been anything it goes right funnel, to the cocaine funnel, funnel, funnel cakes my dude yeah put the old cinnamon on the churro that's ridiculous mm-hmm. um so we we see kyle and his friend tim at the pool and tim walks out of the pool and says i'm not gonna help you and kyle bays him and um Kyle's like, fine, I'll do it myself. Uh, and then he gets a phone call from someone named Zach Parker. And um, Zach, allegedly the contract, the contact who set this up, his friend from high school, asks Kyle, do you have the powder? And guys, is Zach a cop? <laughs> Sounds yeah, like a cop. Is, for, well, first, I want to go through this. This scene is interesting. So I want you fellas to know this. And any of my friends who listen to this show, I'm not going to a drug deal with you and don't like you can't you can't guilt me into it like you try <laughs> come man just come with yeah, me just drive yeah. i'm not doing i'm not gonna traffic drugs with you that's stupid 
So that I love bro the, is smart. I love so, the, dude, I know you're not busy tonight. I was like, uh, yeah, I'm busy not doing your drug deals, actually. So I, you're yeah, not, are people getting smarter on this show? <laughs> What's that? I'll say that this kind of comes up a little bit later, too, but like, are, are the ancillary minor characters... Like getting smarter on this show? Is it yeah, like yeah, NPCs we, yeah, like leveling we, up? Yeah, we need to talk about that because I thought something was gonna happen yeah. earlier, and I was like, "Oh my god, that's right." right. Yeah. The so, but um, yeah, but no, but also like, yeah, it was this was the worst conversation. This was literally a smoking gun conversation for long. Right. Yes. Okay. So yeah, that's that's what I said. So oh, it's bad. <laughs> he tells Kyle to come by at seven thirty p.m. Coping. and Kyle is like, "Well, man, I'm nervous. Just go it over one more time." So Zach Parker says exactly what either one, a dumb criminal, would say into a recording device to guarantee a open and shut case for the cops, or two, what a cop would say. He says, "You bring me the coke and I give you the money. Is that too much to handle? You're under arrest. You dumb idiot." <laughs> And then he's like, no, you're under arrest. It's like, oh, fuck, we just arrested each other. This, like, this is definitely two cops trying to set each you other got, up, you which guys, is a joke I stole from the Mac. went Marcus. over a Mark Wahlberg Denzel movie called Two Guns. Oh, shit. <laughs> you're right. Well, we cut the commercial at 2.13, and we come back at 2.17, and Jack makes his first wardrobe change of the season, opting to move from his business casual black suit and black tie mm-hmm. to some tactical slacks and a nice gray thermal. And a nice shotgun. For when the heroin chills, nice right? Shoddy. <laughs> yeah, so Jack's in his office, and Michelle pages him and says, we have a last known address for David Goss. And Jack asks how recent it is, and Michelle says, two months. Mm. And Close enough. Um, and uh, Jack says, okay, have LIPD send over a printer team, but don't move in until we get there. Uh, Jake, uh, Jack and Chase head out, and I don't know if this will come into play later, but I... I did happen to know Jack's wardrobe, obviously, and uh, he's still in wingtips as he walks out the door. Really? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so he brought a change of clothes, but not a change of shoes. I think yeah. he. I think he actually cool, cool. Jack after the last after the last seasons we saw, he's like that Von Miller commercial for uh, for Old Spice, where mm-hmm. he has to make things harder for himself. It's too easy. <laughs> yeah. For him to just Jack Bauer thing. So it's like I, at least these wingtips will make it. Kind of no. I mean, it's still good. I'm kind gonna murder everybody. I might, I might slide around on the floor, but you know, whatever. Um, um, so t- also, have we ever seen Jack Bauer use a shotgun? No. So uh, here, yeah. So again, we get this in a second. So Tony uh, approaches Michelle um, and lets them know they have the address and say, "Make sure the police know not to go in." And um, it's like we don't know if the information is up to date. Goss might not even live there anymore. And he says, "What?" Did, he asks. He asks Michelle to put transmitters on Jack and Chase. <laughs> For a kind of a weird reason that will almost certainly lead to chaos. <laughs> just like I want to be pulling all of the all of his. I want to analyze their interactions in real time, live in real time. What does that even mean? I think it's just Jack knows that Chase and Kim have been fucking, and he just wants to listen in. I think that's the only explanation for this. Like Tony knows. <laughs> yeah, and then Chase. We'll talk about Chase. Is something really stupid. Yeah, so <laughs> we we cut to a locker room where uh, Jack has now added a lovely brown corduroy jacket, and uh, Chase is wearing some drab khaki. Um, and Jack does the classic rack around into your shotgun next to your daughter's new boyfriend routine. <laughs> and Chase just kind of looks at him, and Michelle walks over with a file saying Goss lived there two months ago when he was arrested for dealing. Kim walks over and hands Jack a medical kit from NHS as he passes by and says, Be careful, Chase. <laughs> and <laughs> Chase stops for a second, and what does Jack do? <laughs> Let's go, Chase. Yeah. Let's, yeah. Let's go, Chase. Yeah. <laughs> let's go, Chase. Uh, with the subtext of, yeah, I need to whoop your ass real quick up and down the street. 
Yeah, and, and so, go. And you'd think Chase would have as a as a human being, and especially Chase who managed to figure out that Jack was on H just by being around him. He should be able to read the fucking room. So Yo, as they're walking out to the truck, he decides to open his big fat fucking mouth. <laughs> I don't know why he opened his mouth, but he opened his fucking mouth to let Jack know. I thought you should know that it's, it's getting serious. Which, yeah, so uh, that which, just means you're having sex. Thank you. Wait, hold on. No, you just on, told no. him you're having sex <laughs> with his so daughter. So before we get there, guys, sorry. you did miss two oh, important sorry. things, Curtis. Go, go. One, a tiny clock at two nineteen. Please take a drink. <laughs> and also, before as we see Jack and Chase walking out of CTU down a a ramp, in the foreground, we see a nice. 2004 F-150 Super Crew <laughs> with the Lariat trim package and a 5.4 liter V8 engine. I think that bad boy comes with 3750 RPM of torque. Oh boy, does that thing purr. And um, they walk out of CTU. And Chase does let Jack know things are getting serious with Kim. He basically and leans over and says, Yo, Jack, I'm fucking your daughter. Yeah, I and just... Jack says, So Chase just says, things. It's getting serious. And Jack says, that's what she said, but not in a funny way. Is <laughs> oh, uh, is the original Michael Scott? Yep, he just like that's what she said, which like the intonation is so wrong and less funny, but I think it meant the same thing. I'm gonna kill you. <laughs> I'm gonna kill you. No one's ever gonna find your body, and I'm gonna pretend like I've never met you, and they will believe me. It's, yeah, who so, like who I. I You'd never meet somebody and be like, you know, so if, if your girlfriend tells her, her dad that y'all been fucking and tells you that, you know, then go up and say, hey, it's just so you know. <laughs> I have actually <laughs> have indeed been We've fucking. We've been fucking. No, and especially if it's Jack Howard, what you do is you pack up your stuff, whatever you have on you, and you leave. And you, yep. you change your name and your face, probably. Yeah, I mean, it's like it's like finding out that one of Liam Neeson's characters in a movie was going through drug withdrawal. And you're like, hey, let me also piss him off. <laughs> <laughs> what I'm gonna do right here is I'm gonna is one of your particular set of skills. Like, hey, hey, bud, why are you leaving? Mm. Um, that dude's gonna murder me uh, a lot, so I'm gonna go. But you're a special forces agent, sure am. Out of here, sure. No that makes deal. me a target. <laughs> so is he, and I fucked his daughter. Oh yeah, <laughs> that makes me a mini boss. No thanks. <laughs> Jack Bauer has solved two high level terrorist plots while all of y'all were chasing him in one day. I am fucking out. Mm-hmm. Um, so Jack loads up a second gun, and they get in a van and drive off, and we cut to the University well, of Southern California. Well, the gun's California. for the, jo- the J-O-B job. The shotgun is just for Chase. Right. That was just the dad. That was a dad move. Yeah. They're just like, mm-hmm. Yeah, done. That is just to shoot um, out his kneecaps, which, see, that's the thing, is like, most dad things are like just to scare. I honestly believe that Jack might maim, maim. someone who He won't up. kill. He won't maim. No, he would just kneecaps, maybe. Mm-hmm. You, like you, yeah. guys, you guys act as though Jack doesn't have some of that Baradine left. I don't, <laughs> I don't know what world you're living in. This is ridiculous. This is for my <laughs> private collection. Um, so we cut to the USC and David Palmer nice, asked for an it's update. It's a nice 2002 vintage. <laughs> Paraclide, a lot of tannins in 2012. Hmm. Hmm. Yes. Um, and Wayne Palmer says, well, if the virus is released, the outcome will be, quote, not good. Um, and David says, we'll give CTU carte blanche with uh, Wayne agrees to that. And uh, David says, well, should we cancel the debate? It feels like a mistake to do it when the country's at imminent risk. And um, what does Wayne say? Wayne says that um, 
they shouldn't cancel the debate. And he tries to make it sound like it's not because it's just because he doesn't want David Palmer to look bad. But what my question is, is that uh, David Palmer kidnapped a journalist in season one to avoid or sorry, season two to avoid um, him telling people that there might be a terrorist threat. And now he's going to cancel a debate for a terrorist threat that no one knows about and no one's going to think anything weird of it. Right. This, this, this goes back to also because you're right. Like the, this is not his brother's job. Mm-hmm. Like they should go and tell Aaron Lynch, "Hey, Aaron, um, there's this virus uh, scare. Where's it at? It's the same city you're in. Okay, well, I'm taking the president out of that city immediately, so that he's not here. That's real dumb. That's the dumbest. That's he's the, he, he's my preso. He's <laughs> my job is to I we can have the debate fucking anywhere. Mm-hmm. Let's let's go any. Also, Dude, by the what do guys, Skype call? Can, can can David Palmer just not go west of the Rockies from now on? <laughs> can that just be a thing? Because doesn't work out too well. I mean, he avoided it for three years. <laughs> they waited. They waited back. until they knew he was going to be there, man. Of all the days, he picked today. Um, and so Wayne, Wayne just is like, we get threats every day. What? Let's say you're right that this is a whole thing. <laughs> what would you even do if you put your full attention on it? Not be Nothing. here. Nothing. Yeah. So I feel, I feel like Wayne. Wayne is that dude who tries to tell a guy who's been through some real shit, like about how tough like Vietnam was. Like, like <laughs> Dave Palmer would be like, "So before I was president, a cabal tried to murder me, <laughs> and then when I was president, a cabal overthrew me for a minute so that a nuke could be blown up, yeah, and then Julius that same cabal got tried to kill me via handshake." Times. Um. So, so yeah, bro, things are real. <laughs> <laughs> things are real, real sometimes. <laughs> But Julius Caesar got stabbed 23 times, so David, you're doing better than that. (laughs) David. So so David says, yeah, I don't want you to base uh, your decisions on if my image might suffer. And uh, Wayne says, well, it will, but um, don't worry. We're just going to go ahead and schedule and we'll respond later once we have info. And then he spots approaching the the college uh, Senator John Keeler, David's opponent, and uh, media is following him. And I got to say, this guy looks like a total goober. (laughs) Um, and Wayne says to walk away, but David being David insists and goes up to meet him and, uh, they greet each other, saving face for the media. And, um, in the background, before we get into the conversation between Keeler and David, some greasy little blonde fucker in a beige suit walks past David and um, Wayne goes and follows Mike Novick. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like Keeler's version of Mike Novick. Yeah. Mm. It was weird. It was weird. He was like a littler squirmier version yeah so and wayne and this guy have a conversation looks a little bit heated um and then keeler and david talk stupidly about you know some friend they have and then david delivers a sweet debate related dunk on wheeler who responds from behind the three-point line and i think makes fun of david's marriage i don't know um and david sees wayne talking to this little guy and then they walk away and what do we hear wayne very audibly say from 30 feet away I'll tell I mean, you. I missed it, bud. <laughs> said, make sure no one, and I mean no one, hears about this. I'll call you later. Mm. And then he joins David a moment later and says, I think we have an opportunity here, but we got to wait until later. Um, it's not weird so at all. Not at all. So we get a tiny clock. It's 222. We know how much drink. David loves secrets being held from him. 
by right, his close like, yeah it's like hey bro assistant so m- 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 um, i'm gonna need my chief of staff to kind of have this openness thing from now on <laughs> just a little bit just kind of yeah because you <laughs> see that i got overthrown um because of a secret my chief of staff had and then i also had some issues with the, my wife you remember her she also kept a lot of secrets from me mm-hmm. so i'm gonna and have like the to one person i had who was loyal got thrown down some stairs yeah and I think she's dead. She did. I Ugh. haven't seen her in three years. I don't know what happened to her. There was, I there was a little up. There was a literal coop last time I came out here, bro. It's a problem. Mm-hmm. So uh, <laughs> be honest with me. <laughs> I don't want to roll the dice today. Sorry. <laughs> don't worry um, though. Wayne knows if he knows his brother. Not at all. Yeah, I don't. I'm not convinced he does. <laughs> um, but we see Jake. <laughs> God, I keep saying Jake and Chase. Um, Jack, we see Jack and Chase driving along in what appears to be a 2004 Ford Expedition with the nice beige leather. Can't really tell what the trim package is, but guys, it looks good. Um, Chase apologizes for not being good enough for Kim, but I can't help my feelings, Jack. And um, Jack says, hey, Chase, I put Kim at CTU to keep her safe, not for her to start dating some field agent. I didn't expect and, him to just come out and say that. Yeah. Again, nice, tight. He's yeah. like, Jack, this is the Jack who's riding that horse. Like, he, <laughs> he's free with his emotions. He has no inhibitions left. It's just the heroine speaking. And it's just, listen, I've made mistakes, and you're going to know about them. And one of them was you dating my daughter. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, I will um, do everything I have to protect her. Everything. And so Chase says, you're treating her like she's 12. She's not. She's a grown woman. 20. And I feel like it's so important to remind the audience that right now Kim is at most 22 years old. Um, and I tried to find out how old Chase was, but I could not. But the average age range for a new FBI agent is 23 to 37 years old. And assuming Chase started a bit late due to some sort of, I don't know, army service since he's like a CTU special agent, I'm going to say maybe he's 31. So he's... Barely in the half your age plus. Yeah, I was gonna say range. Chase. Um, yeah, Chase. He's, he looks. He looks mid thirties. Let's be honest. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, yeah Kim is, is twenty. There's no way Kim's twenty two. No, she's twenty. That, no, so she was seventeen in season one. Uh-huh. Then eighteen months passed. Yeah, and then three years. So at most, she's twenty. Like okay. she's. Okay, so she's but she's barely drinking. Let's be honest. Either way, she's either bar- way, yeah. Jack gives Chase the D word <laughs> in this convo. He yeah. He he gives him a. Damn it, Chase! Which I think counts. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, apparently, in in the canon, Kim Bauer was born in 1984. James Badge Dale, who plays Chase, was born in 1978. So, not a horrible age difference there, but, like, not So, they're not trying great. to say that Chase is only, like, 26? Yeah. In this so if he, season? If he enlisted at 18 and then did Special Forces... And left at what, like twenty four? Well, this is this is two thousand four. You said so. Kim's only twenty then. Kim's twenty two. She was seventeen in season one. Yeah, no, but you said that she was born in eighty four, and this season takes place in two thousand four, doesn't it? No, it doesn't. It was the car year was two thousand four because it came out in two thousand three, but it was three years in the future. It was a total of four and a half years in the future from season one, which was so in two thousand one. It's technically two thousand five or two thousand six in the show. Jesus, but they Christ. had they only had the Ford models for two thousand four. Michael, it's not a perfect sign. <laughs> Michael, it's, a, it's an election year, right, for David? So uh, that's true. Guys, yeah, you're right. Again, I, this is something I swear to God, I do no research for Tilp. I spent six minutes looking for stories for trends in low places. I looked into Ford trim packages on the F one hundred and fifty from every year from two thousand two to two thousand six to see where this landed, 
And like, it was a tough one. <laughs> I, I spent way too much time and couldn't get like, I don't know if that F-150 was a Lariat trim package. I couldn't tell because the grill is so distinctive and I couldn't <laughs> find it. Wait, 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 though. Is is this person running against David Palmer? Is that is this the Republican or the opposite party? Or is this like a primary? I challenge? think this is the opposite part. I don't think this is the, the, so the primary. Is, so then this is going to be past the primaries. This is in 2008. Eight. This is not a primary challenge. No, it'd be 2004. Eight. Oh, it, yeah, it I guess. It, no, because they already... No, 20, 20, the first season was in season was in 2000. Yeah, 2001. Okay, I guess it's... It could be It must be a primary challenge because that ma- the timeline makes no sense. Well, so did the, the first season not one. take place in 2001? It does. Well, it does. Shit. What is the timeline <laughs> of the show? No, because there, it, would it be no, there would be no primaries in 2001. Nobody would, nobody would primary the first no, so, president. Okay, no, right? hold on. So that's the thing, Michael. No, so you're, you're right, Michael. That that episode, that season took place in the primary election before the 2000 election. So it would have been that 2000 to take place. Right. Yeah, so this is probably the 2004 election. I think this is the actual like, the election. So then Kim is election only 20 debate. and she was only 16 well, no, the, the the period between season one and here is still four and a half years. I'm just saying, if it is 2004 and Kim was born in 1984, she's only the 20 was, uh, What's your name? Uh, oh, no, 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 Curtis. That was the character. The character, <laughs> the character Kim Bauer was born in 1984. Unless they don't have elections in this universe in the same years that we do, which That's is okay. entirely possible. Great point. And Michael, here's, here's, I think, the baseline we're all driving to. There's no way in hell Kim Bauer is emotionally or emotionally equipped to make this decision. Not even that she's not emotionally equipped to make this decision. She doesn't belong as the computer analyst at CTU, no, and Chase should whole, totes not be dating her. Let's 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 base that on the on Kim's work, which will come in later episodes. <laughs> let's not base it on her age. Let's not be ageist. Let's let base it on her performance, which lets it does lag in future episodes. Um, so Jack says this job can ruin any relationship. It's ruined every single one I have had. And Chase says that's just you, Jack. And Jack says, no, it's the job. And Chase is like, I don't think so. I think it's you. And Jack's like, what the fuck do you know, bud? I lost my <laughs> wife to this. Um, I, I'll do anything I need to do to protect Kim. And um, it's like, we got a damn it, Chase, so please take a drink. He says, you cannot do this job and have a normal life at the same time. Which I don't know why Chase takes this so badly because it's literally exactly what he said to Kim that Jack would say mm-hmm. earlier in the episode. Yeah. I mean, um, Jack has no relationships. It's like... Let me remind you, Jack, that you were married and fucking your coworker <laughs> at the same time. Yeah, and look where that got him. He got <laughs> him a dead wife and addicted to smack. It's true. And to release Nina. So, fuck. ABC. Right. There it is. <laughs> um, so, Jack gets a call from Luis Anacon, the district attorney. Um, and uh, Anacon wants to know why he couldn't move Salazar in the prison. And Jack's just like, he just kind of cuts to the chase. He's like, Salazar might walk. His brother's got a lot of leverage on the outside. Um, and Luis does not care for that. And what does he do as guys, we get a tiny well, clock at 224? But this is, I think it was at least until episode four last season. Before, all, move along before all these beans got spilled. Yeah, but, I know. God Jack just damn it. What is with the beans this, this, this episode? Just beans all over the place. Just beans everywhere. He, Jack tells him everything. <laughs> yeah. And everything. And, and Luis takes that information out of Tiny Clock at 224, and what does he do? He, he spills more fucking beans! <laughs> he spills all the beans directly to fucking Luis he Salazar. Takes, he takes a, a handful of beans and chucks them <laughs> into Salazar's face. And um, and uh, Luis is like, I heard from your slimeball brother. I need to know what he's going to do. And uh, Ramon's like, oh, Hector. 
have you heard of him? Have you heard from him? His birthday is next week, and I don't know what to get him. <laughs> and um, Louis says, well, you're not fucking going anywhere. And uh, Salazar says, like, well, if I should unexpectedly oh, go wait, somewhere. can I say it? Do it. I'd love to Do hear it. what he says. If something does happen, and I unexpectedly go free, I have no doubt you'll come looking for me. Especially after the death of your wife, Lise. And your two boys? What are their names? Tomas and Luis Jr.? Mm. Now, now, uh, Curtis, how would now, you handle now, now, that? Gentlemen, this hit me a little hard in the chest. <laughs> I uh, know. Because, uh, you know, I got a wife and, and two boys. Mm-hmm. He came close to some names there. Uh, so for me, it's like, uh, oh, Ramon. <laughs> I didn't realize before right now how badly you wanted these hands. <laughs> <laughs> but, friendo, you want them. All of them. And I'm going to deliver the hands to you. So, Curtis, I need two rankings from you moving forward for, like, literally every character that comes into the show. One, or, like, any pair, I need to know likelihood of they've been fucking. We got the Twitter for that one. And then, two, how many hands they want, though. Remote, like, it doesn't matter remote, doesn't matter whose hands or which direction they're coming from, but how many hands do they no want? No problem. Well, Ramon wants these E-Honda hands. That's just real. <laughs> That's... That's the high. That's that's what you want. If you if you mention if you if you put my kids' names in your mouth, you want every hand available, mm. and that's on you. Mm-hmm. You did it. I didn't do it. You're getting hands across America <laughs> for sure. Like like you can mention my wife, and you're getting a whole heap of hands. But my kids, all the hands, every single <laughs> hand I can find. Every I will go everywhere and find hands. I'm getting zombie hands. I'm Two getting, hands. hands. As often as I can spend. <laughs> everywhere. Even, <laughs> right, even well, flippers. I'm getting we hands the commercial. across we different natures. At 2.30 you shake your mouth and talk about hands. In a split screen, <laughs> we see Jack slapping hands on the steering wheel. We see David prepping for debate. And we see Kyle Singer doing that real dirty with one of the girls from the pool, who we later learn is named Linda, which... No one born in the millennial generation was named Linda, but okay. Um, and we zoom in to hear Tony tell uh, Wayne that there's no new info for the president, which Wayne doesn't love to hear. Uh, I'm going to cut through some bullshit. Okay, um, but what I don't understand is Wayne and, and David, just they just uh, are discussing this terrorist plot like 30 feet from the press. Right. Mm-hmm. Like nonstop. They do this the whole time. Like in an echoey um, theater. And so they, they, they talk about the terrorist plot, and then Wayne brings up that, hey, by the way... <laughs> I have something I don't want to tell you about. And David says, oh, don't worry. I can walk and chew gum at the same time. What is it? And uh, Wayne says, we've got Keeler's playbook for the debate. Answers, trip ups for you, everything. And David David says, I'm surprised by the question. You know I would never agree to this. And um, Wayne delivers a great line. It's like, David, it's not like I'm trying to pull a sherry and steal it, but it would fall into our hands. That's what Sherry would do. Sherry wouldn't yeah. steal it. No, she wouldn't steal shit. <laughs> yeah. She'd get someone to I'd get it for you. her. Also, and, also funny, st- funny thing aside, you guys, uh, this actually happened in the 2000 debates with Al Gore and George W. Bush. Oh, really? oh Al Gore, his campaign got the got the playbook. And he's still fucked from up. W- <laughs> no, nah, he, uh, he called the FBI, reported that shit, and got it returned back to W. That worked out for him. Um, and for us. <laughs> yeah. Um, Thanks, Al. <laughs> so this is something that Davis is like, Wayne, you're not in the private sector anymore. My administration doesn't work that way. You need to get used to that. It's like, David, if you knew this about your, like, uh, in what private sector Wayne apparently worked in, like, why would you hire him? After, like, you're like, oh, I'm backstabbing brother. 
after my backstabbing ex-wife. Better better call that guy. It's apparent, David, that you both you both are related to, marry, and produce people who do the opposite of the things you want them to do. It's mm-hmm. it's just it's just fucking evidence, man. Just live yeah. with it. You know what? So we haven't work. had to hear from Keith or his daughter in two, in like four years. No one's mentioning did. that again. Like everyone knows it happened, but no one's no one's talking about it anymore. We cut back to CTU, and um, we're in the bathroom, the women's room specifically. And um, Kim and Michelle bump into each other, and Kim just like, "Hey, do you have a problem working with your husband?" Um, Michelle says, no, it's fine. And, uh, Kim goes ahead and admits her HR violations. Um, and that also Jack doesn't love that. And Michelle's like, well, it's just up to you and Chase. So, you know, do what you want. Now Michelle's on Um, the hit list. Yeah. So Michelle walks out and Tony says, analysis thinks Hector is most likely working out of Northern Mexico. We need a list of his properties there. Um, so Michelle says, don't worry, Chloe's on it. And we get a tiny clock at 2.35. Okay, wait a second. How many properties could this man have? Uh, billionaire drug dealer what are you talking about I'm just saying Uh, like why wouldn't they have already been like wouldn't northern Mexico be the most logical place to start looking at his properties there's a lot of northern Mexico my dude there's a lot of it it's I know what I'm saying is he, to fucking New Mexico. Or Texas, Michael, like, though, I'm, I'm kind of with you that like there are only so many palatial mansions <laughs> right. going on and with like armed guards in northern Mexico. And they have I assume we know about all of them via satellite. Like at a certain point, you have to be able to narrow it down. Like I doubt they get sold that much. Like the uh, real estate market isn't banging. I think so. I'm just gonna. I think I. I'm, I'm, I think I'm here. I think I remember this correct. That Pablo Escobar, at like the height of his power, had over 30 homes in Colombia. Yeah, 30, but they weren't. He said, we need to start looking at the homes in North. You knew it was Hector Salazar an hour and a half ago. Why haven't you been through all 30 of his homes already? I mean, they can only get, like, shots from a helicopter, right? Like, that's it. You can't, you know, can't go in there. Curtis! What? There's a helicopter? What year is it, you (laughs) dum-dum? Why can't they go in there? I can guarantee you, I guarantee you, if the United States was about to be unleashed a level three Johnny mnemonic virus, they, we can't, we can't they would bust it. right into Hector Salazar, all all 87 of Hector Salazar's house. Because, because so David Palmer would have to just, would have to okay an invasion of a sovereign nation. Hold on. He would guys, do it. Oh, no, let's, well, let's. Because you guys talk about I satellite need, no. photos right now. I, I get that. <laughs> But yes, I need to make fun of you right now. You think in the year of our Lord 2005, the only way to get like pretty good pictures of a guy's house is to fly a, a helicopter over it? Well, they just want, they didn't want pictures of the house. They needed to see where Hector actually was. Right. So they they have satellites. Had, I've seen enemy of this state. They can tell like Will Smith's dick size with the satellite. I don't think that's seven actually. and a half inches flaccid. <laughs> Is that Will Smith? That genie? Ab- Who are you talking about? The genie, <laughs> clearly. Okay, that Will big Smith, blue No, okay. sorry, Will Smith is canceled after that that <laughs> genie trailer. Sorry. Um, oh god. So okay, so we cut real quick. Uh, we got to cut through some bullshit here. So we got a ten o'clock at two thirty-five. We see Hector, um, who's on the phone with our a shadowy man again from uh, from episode one, um, who's monitoring Kyle Singer over some security cameras, and uh, this man tells him like. Um, Kyle's still there hanging out of the pool, but the presidential debate wasn't canceled. And Hector's like, David has some nice, thick, weighty cojones. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But will he be so brave when millions of lives are on the line? Um, and he ends the call and he sees Claudia arguing with her father, Oriel, who's the foreman uh, who was previously burning bodies. Um, and they have a terribly weird interaction where 
Um, he walks over and tells Claudia to stop fighting with her dad. And then um, she lets him know that, like, he's just not happy that I'm the life I'm leading. And Hector reads that, you don't like that he's, he doesn't like that I'm with you. Yeah, no shit. Fucker. Yeah, you're a drug dealer. So he and walks, then what is what happens? And he walks over to Hector to, to to Claudia's dad and asks, like, do you think that your daughter's too good for me? And of course, this guy worked for him and he knows that you just murdered a bunch of people that he had to bury bodies for. So he says, obviously not, sir. You know, no, no, sir, you you're perfect. You know, that's what he's trying to tell him. And Hector walks over to, to Claudia and says, Don't raise your voice to your father ever again. And he does a little smack game. Just what lays, lays hands on her. And she gives it right back to him. It was a little oh, yeah. throws some hands right y'all. back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is great. Uh huh. And then they're both a little turned on and start making out in front of her dad. It was weird. Yeah. It was a so bit weird. I didn't he was feel into like it. Like she was so much turned on as she well. Just, Hector liked it, and I he kissed her. Like liked it. Tell your dad we want to, or tell someone to prepare an early supper. He walks away, and then Claudia wipes her mouth and then looks at her dad, Oriel, who looks away, kind of ashamed. I think she liked it a little bit. I'm not gonna lie to you. I mean, you know, we all get off on smacks sometimes. Um, we got the CTU. Got him. Um, and then Chloe calls Tony and says, Jack just arrived. And um, he says, she says, Jack's not using the transmitters because it would take too long to link up. So Tony does not get real-time information on Jack and Chase having their lover's quarrel. Um, and then he says, okay, well, as soon as you know any information that Jack, Jack digs up, I want it right away. And what does uh, Chloe say? Chloe. Uh, okay, you don't have to yell. And then I wrote, no haha. Chloe is great. She's back. She's the no worst. one's yelling, Chloe. Look, we have an infected body with a deadly virus, and Jack's location is our only way is our only lead. So I need you to keep me up to the minute. Understood? I really and said okay. I I do want to say like I read that in Tony's exact voice <laughs> and like intonation. Like he does not raise his voice, and she's like, "I got it." <laughs> this made me realize, by the way, when she said that, and also once again, I hate Mary Lynn Rice. Which I just I can't imagine how much I hate her face, and I love her so much as an actress, but um. Tony doesn't have, I don't think he has the ability to yell. No, all he does, not at he, all. He, gets to, he gets to a medium whisper. I hey, got it. I am. God. I identify with Chloe here because I want to say this to my boss all the fucking time because he just repeats himself nonstop. And I want to be like, I already said okay. But does he so yell? I get it. No, he doesn't well, yell. He didn't. Then you don't get to say, don't okay. yell at me. Okay. But the thing is, jerk off like bosses, jerk off m- Old white male bosses don't have to yell to be dickheads, all right? Well, to be fair, though, <laughs> to be fair, Tony you can one. Of, you can cut some words from that statement, bro. And it'd be yeah. <laughs> I mean, Michael, to be fair, though, when Tony says, whenever you have any information, Jack digs up, I want it right away. Didn't yell that. And Chloe's response, uh, okay, you don't have to yell at me, Tony. He says, I want it right away. And that's like implying that for some reason she wouldn't get him to get it to him right away. All right, you little snowflake turd. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Like now, I'm seeing how much how much Chloe gets shit on all the time. They're like, "Hey, give me this right away." It's like, "Fuck you! Why don't you ask nicely, Dick?" Well, they're in. They are in separate departments, (laughs) and they're also in separate departments. Right? Chloe has her own chain of command, which is to Jack and not necessarily to Tony. So Tony's just saying, "I need to know about this." Yeah, but he doesn't even give a please or like, "Hey, would you do this for me?" He's just like, "Hey, do this." She's not even. He's not her boss. I'm sorry. Do you like your paycheck? She's not her boss. She's he's not her boss. He's a director. Michael, he's not her boss. Hey, bud, Michael, I have to say, I see what you're doing. It's episode two. (laughs) You are gonna regret this leaning into I'm cool with Chloe's stance. Look, I I am 100 percent on board with Chloe. I ride or die with Chloe now. That that attitude 
stance in season six. You, you bring that shit to me right now in season three through five. I'm going to slap you down, bud. Um, we get a tiny clock at 238 and um, we see Jack and Chase. I said it right that time walking towards a building and they meet a detective from the LAPD there. And uh, they learn that there are 30 people spread out on all floors of this apparent drug den and um, no one's gotten in or out. And Jack says, OK, we don't want any backup. We don't want to freak people out. And uh, Hector, Hector, the detector is like, are you sure? And Chase is like, yeah, did we can sneak Hector in quietly. The detector? He did. He said I did. That is, is <laughs> listen, his name is Hector Fisher, Detective Hector Fisher. So he might <laughs> as well be the detector. <laughs> Hector the Detector. Sorry, that's his dude name. Also, can I say this? 24 writers, two characters named Hector, one a cop, one a bad guy. Not mm, not interested. Very subtle. I, uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. But so they go inside. God, no, we hold, on, hold on, hold on. This is weird, right? Because I, I, I get that you say this is a drug den, but from what I can tell, all they had was his previous address, which is an apartment building. Yeah, right. right. And Detective Hector says, we got 30 scumbags in there. You're like, dude, I, you, God, you know, you have no idea who's in this building. So all this is scumbags. one of those things. So we cut to commercial at 2.38. Do heroin dealers seconds. always have apartments in their drug houses right so that's this is it's, it's such a weird scenario so we come back to from commercial at 243 and jack and chase are walking through the is that like when foxconn builds like like houses yeah. for its employees so it's, it's i don't weird. want you to like, leave here it's the carter you know, you from new york like, city that's all it is yeah like you hear about like some of these things that like the um in san francisco like that artist commune that went up in flames a couple years ago mm. just like kind of what you i would assume this was but like you look in every single room of this you know, six story warehouse they're in. Everyone is just strung out on drugs. Mm-hmm. Um, like they walk past someone and like there's a woman injecting something into her foot. Mm, Jack and they wants just stare that at her. smack so bad though. He wants right, that they, Is it? He stared at her for like 30 seconds. Is mm-hmm. it wrong that because she was putting heroin into her feet that I, I tried to name it either doing that horseshoe or hoofing it? <laughs> Ooh, Ooh, I like hoofing oh, it. Oh, hello. Right? I like hoofing it is. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. <laughs> As someone who has never participated in drug culture, that one plays. That one, that one, that one fits right on. The hoof plays. Uh, Mikey, oh. Mikey like it. <laughs> I bet um, we're gonna find out that it's some weird sex thing though. Already, hoofing it. No, it's to hide the track marks. I'm just saying the word, the phrase "hoofing it" is gonna have. It's we're gonna find out. There's something sexual with that. All right. Well, now I'm forced to look. Furries? That's gonna be like some do kind of furries like. Like jacking off with a with a horseshoe or something. What? You heard me. I don't like. I don't like what you said <laughs> at all. I mean, I'd I'd like to see if I can hang a horseshoe from a dick. That'd be interesting. You know. Um. Listen. <laughs> the second the second definition of hoofing on Urban Dictionary. The first one is pretty non offensive. The second one is goat alternative to fisting. <laughs> oh God, no. no. The third one is. The word describe the word used to describe the action of Mr. Tumnus anally penetrating you. <laughs> Using an example, I went to Narnia and Mr. Tumnus started hoofing me uncontrollably. The lion, the witch, and the wardrobe. I didn't know that was a thing. Guys, man. guys, there's number a book. four. Guys, there's a book. number four. The act of masturbating to characters from the series My Little Pony: Friendship Is Magic. Mike Michael Cushing. Mm-hmm. There's a book in magical romantic comedies number two on Goodreads called Hoofin' It with R.J. Blaine. And I think I think it's a romance novel called Hoofin' It. Almost, almost 100%. Yeah. 
I'm gonna have to buy so this anyways, so I just we can I was read from funny. it for all of Phil. I'm sorry, no, bud. No, you, you was... took us down a dark road. Um, <laughs> so Jack looks meaningfully at Chase uh, as he desperately wants that good horse, mm. the hoof horse. And as they go along, they come into a place, and a man named Ed, who is a guard, I guess, stops them the in public, the man. drug den and says, uh, "This area isn't open to the public." And Jack says, cool it, sport. We just want information. <laughs> and that dude tries to, like, put his hand on Jack, and it, it goes it goes real it goes south for him. poorly. And it winds up with Chase holding this guy, Ed, against the wall, and Jack pulls his gun and continues down the hallway. And Ed is pinned, but what does he do? Zach, cops! And we see Zach Parker, who was earlier on the phone with Kyle Singer, uh, who had delivered him the, or was arranging the drug deal, um... He was bringing the cocaine to the person who would be buying it with money, Zach Parker. Mm-hmm. Right. So Chase knocks out Ed and runs towards Jack. Jack kicks open the door. And um, what do we see immediately? Shotgun. Sh- Zach Parker appears with a shotgun, shoots at Jack. A gunfight ensues with Jack shooting at Parker. Chase ducks into the room at a low angle and shoots one of Parker's associates. Um, I count 16 shots in all in the first part of this firefight. So please just like drink for a uh, bit also jack just being really bad at shooting all of a sudden jack does not do good with bullets. he doesn't he's, hit he's shooting with, he's shooting one hand he's and he's, he's one handing it and that guy with the with the shot is not surgical with that bitch like no. they'll have to be a training day it was bad it was mm-hmm. real bad he also only shot twice and then jack says i'm reloading which yeah what? prompts zach to immediately run out of the room from another door yeah this is a call um, of duty and- jack you don't have to tell the bad guys you're reloading like that's I, come on man <laughs> Yeah, we don't need. They're yeah. not gonna show. Throw down some light machine gun fire around, <laughs> over your head. Stun granada. Okay. So right. Thanks, it's bro. weird. It's a weird timing. Um, Chase ducks into the room to kind of clear it while Jack is out in the hallway reloading, and he sees Zach Parker run out of another door down the hallway. So he chases after him, <laughs> and then he shoots Zach in the I, I believe in the ankle, and he falls down some stairs, and um. <laughs> It's pretty funny. So Zach falls down the stairs. Jack corners him and says, and Zach just yells at him, I'm clean. I've got nothing on me. And what does is, what is Jack say to him? Uh, you just shot at a federal officer, you dumb fuck. Who did He's you think like, I shut was? Up. He's like, shut up, stupid. You just fired at a federal agent. Which, to be fair, neither Jack nor Chase announced that they were federal yeah, agents. But, but who did he think they were? I mean, hey, listen. Someone he kicks said your cops. door in. Guy said to Zach, cops. Well, and, and, and he was like, "Oh, cops! I'm going to shoot at them instead." Well, let's let's not discount the fact that it took three seconds for that man to yell "cops" and then Jack to kick in the door, and this guy had a shotgun at hand. Mm-hmm. Like you don't just like sit around your your house doing drugs with a shotgun on your hip. I mean, sometimes also, you guys did mention that Jack and Chase dropped dropped two big boys. Uh, uh Chase dropped. I think Chase got one. I think Jack got one. Together they got one. Yeah, they got two. They got two. They got two boys. They got two apiece. Okay, so two boys down. So take a drink for two boys and take uh, twenty six drinks for all the boys. Yeah, except Jack. Um, Jack is firing at Zach, who is literally ten feet in front of him and missing every single shot until he he's finally one handed. You, you, you got to grip it. You got a two hand that pistol. So Jack just lets him know. Uh, at first, Zach Parker does not want to talk. Jack lets him know mm. that he's a federal agent, and it's like I need to know David Gosses. And Zach's just like. Uh, well, he's the drug dealer I used to score from. Um, I know he's dead. Um, and Jax was like, I need to know who your supplier was. And Zach doesn't answer. And then as soon as Zach doesn't answer, what does Chase do? He said, well, Jack says, Chase, 
and Chase knows exactly what to do, which is put his the heel of his boot right in that gunshot wound. Mm-hmm. On his ankle, and Zach says, uh, "It's Carlos Correcia out of Tijuana." Um, and Jack immediately, <laughs> his and this is what he looks like, and this is where we yeah. plunge. Yeah, guys, so guys Zach if, you, breaks. if you want to picture just a big pot of beans, <laughs> that's this episode. Just a big pile of cooked and refried People beans. People can't stop spilling them. Like, and first of all, this is just a, a super white ginger. Like with curly hair, it's like, why are you involved in this drug deal? Yeah, there's like Zach Parker. The spilling of the beans is kind of like, uh, like double dare. You know, where you're going with the mm. obstacle course mm. and you have to you have to go and you're about find to find the flag. the flag and then all of a sudden, just More a big, beans. just a big mm. bucket of beans just right on your head. So you're thinking they just want to overload Jack with beans? There's just so many beans. At a certain point, how many beans can you realistically sort through? I That's mean, you're never gonna find that flag. Hmm. Hmm. Too many mm. beans. Well, Jack recognizes the name Carlos Correcha as one of uh, Salazar's mid-level distributors. And um, Zach says, I'm doing some business with him. I'm supposed to call him tonight. Uh, he wanted to know about someone who brought a small bag of cocaine across the border. But the amount of money he paid to get it across wasn't even worth the cocaine. It made no sense. Mm-hmm. And Jack says, oh, where's that cocaine, though? <laughs> and what does Zach let him know? Yeah, they paid Kyle him 10 Sanger. G's to get that coke over. And so Kyle Sanger... Got did it, guys. That's it. So that's a, that's a, that's the season. That's season three. It was a good one. Done it's and good, done. It was great. Good job, guys. We did it. We Wait found Kyle Sanger. It's over. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Gush. Yeah. We got to cut to Kyle Sanger's room. Yeah, it sounds what? about like tiny clock time at 247. No, Please I don't believe it. I thought that was it. No, that's... No, not, hey, hey, Michael. Hmm. This is how stories go, friendo. We haven't gotten to the denouement yet. Um, but do take a drink at 247 Tiny Cuck, please. Uh, and, uh, at his apartment, Kyle Singer sees his mother, Helen, dealing with their landlord, Don, who says he's about to uh, file eviction notices starting tomorrow if they don't pay rent. And um, Kyle sees this and goes into his room, goes to his duffel bag, and uh, pulls out uh, about two grand in cash. <laughs> and um, his mom, Helen, is like, just stay out of it, Kyle. I'm going to talk to your Uncle Sanford tomorrow, which no one has an uncle named Sanford. Sanford had a son and a truck. And a son And then Linda sees it. So she gets up. I thought she was going to fucking do all the cocaine. Right? So that's I have a question there. I have a question. So she sees this. She straps her bra back on and goes to look in the bag. And she sees the bag of white powder. And she's clearly shocked. I thought she was going to butt chug it. I thought she was going to Tony Montana that fucking bag. Mm -hmm. Guys, that's the question here. I'm saying. So clearly, if you come across a gallon-sized bag of coke with air in it, you know it's for someone. <laughs> You're not going to take it, but do you try it? No, because there's always the chance that it's not cocaine and it is heroin and then you die. Like, that's that's like every movie trope ever. No, I'm not doing any cocaine-like so we, substance that might be heroin. We don't think she did coke. I don't coke think so. Here's the thing. If if she knows Kyle, right? If, if her boyfriend is a Colombian... <laughs> Named Lion. Yes, she's probably like this is probably cocaine. Yeah, this is a hu- this is right. Like this is definitely cocaine. This is definitely pure yeah. cocaine. But her boyfriend is named Kyle Singer. <laughs> yeah, it, it could be anything. Guys, we need a better Danger nickname zone. for Kyle Singer because I keep writing. I keep just calling him New Douche, but I feel like that's not that's like not doing um, justice to original douche. Here's here's and sadly, I knew at least three people named this, but I'm sorry if you're if you name if you, if you name your child this, just stop being. 
Um, I'm just gonna call him Kyler. That's his name now. I'm done with it. Kyler, I see. Okay. All right. I was just gonna call him like Dell or something. I guess. Yeah. Uh, uh, Curtis, I gotta ask. Mm-hmm. I, I I stopped watching after Toy Story two because yeah. it made me mm-hmm. hit me. My I made me feel. You never stuff saw I Toy Story like? three, you motherfucker. Yeah. I'm you sorry. watch it right now and you cry like a little baby, like the rest it, of us. Am I watching it over Curtis's you shoulder? You are indeed three? watching it over his shoder. Okay, I'm, no I'm joke, this looks right like now. they're being dragged down to toy hell, yes. about to be like mm-hmm. incinerated. Mm-hmm. Is that what this movie yeah, is? Yeah, you cry, you cry, you son of a bitch. So why would I go see, like, a little, like literally, it's it looks so like amazing. Woody is crawling so, so, over a so, toy nightmare so, pile of corpses so one, while fire tries to I get mean, him. Once again, Tomasity Hanganoi provides us with <laughs> a masterful piece of art. Um, Guess who's in, coming to Hank's? In which, in which the cowboy Woody... Has to save his friends. Okay, well, if Tomato Bilderberg wanted me to see like toys dragged down to hell, I I could have done that in my own time. Like this literally looks like he's. This looks like a zombie movie. It's not. It, it looks it, like he's being it, held it, down it, in a pile it, of corpses. It scares you a bit, but then but then you realize as you're watching right now, Kush, that did did Rob that, Zombie that, direct that, this that, one? That 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 Tomilford has a friend everywhere, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and he and his friends are saved. But you see, this all happened. In real this, life, this is a true story to, to, to Tomosity because he had to go back from happiness to get his little horse, <laughs> just like Jack. Sure, he did have to go yeah, back I and guess. get his little horse. I do yeah, remember that. Can I? He had to get the little horse back. Okay, uh, literally, that was just a tidal wave of toy corpses I just saw. <laughs> can I say this? I'm really excited for Toy Story 37, which is just the Toy Story Expendables. <laughs> so, so I was like, they about, just go fucking kill this, this week, guys. So, this year, 2019, they're gonna release. They're gonna release Hot uh, Dragon 3 and Toy Story yeah. 4, which the cast members of both the movies have essentially said that they, they they cried at the end of that production. I'm like, hey, thanks guys for producing literal tears for kids as your movies for this year. You it's know gonna be Can great. We, they need to learn. I'm excited. Can we yeah, not pretend like the Toy Story's Expendables be, is a gonna be fucking is a bad idea? Because I feel like we need to explore Toy Story's Expendables. <laughs> Toy Story Expendables is. I mean, I look when when we get a little older, it'll be ready. It'll be time. All right. Well, um, we almost got time. No, yeah, we almost, I mean, hmm. hmm? You think huh? it's going to be like a like a buffed up Woody? Like he's going to just be no. Jacked. I think I think it's just Woody with one arm and one eye. <laughs> Like, no, like, Woody's going to have, at this point, been through some... Woody's already been through some emotional torment shit, and it's, honestly, it's, it's a miracle he hasn't broken by Toy Story I 4. I think you guys need to see the actual, like, promotional um, images of Bo Peep in Toy Story 4, so... Nah. Listen, I'm not saying, I'm not saying little Bo Peep is not in the Jason Statham role of the <laughs> Expendables, but... Like she's in the Ronnie Rousey role of, of Expendables Three, my friend. I'm perfectly happy for Bo Peep to like wreck some shit, <laughs> but I'm just saying, at a certain point, Woody's gonna have enough. That's I mean, is saying. he? Jack's been through nine days. It took him nine days. Can, can I say this, you guys? You you know this from way back on this show. All I want from Tom Hanks is for him to play in the modern era a role that is not safe for him. And I'll say this. The ultimate unsafe role is for him to take Woody <laughs> from simple cowboy who just wants to own the toy box in a young child's room to be in an international, maybe intergalactic mercenary who hunts down aliens with his friend Buzz Lightyear. When, when was the last role it, you thought you thought challenged him? Hmm. The answer is Mr. Nothing White because he's flawless. <laughs> 
Listen, okay, well, Curtis, how about this? I honestly, I really do think for him to play a, cha- a challenging character, it would be for him to play Woody and Buzz Lightyear to play a playful galactic romp as just like hard-boiled murderous mercenaries going through the galaxy. I think it's just going it back to the Sigma to sector the and killing. What good, is Buzz Lightyear's good. enemy's name? Think about this. This year, he literally played Tom Hanks being okay in a movie with Tim Allen. He pulled that off, apparently. This the the Listen. man is a god. <laughs> it just he just hey, makes it look I, easy. Hey. Everything's challenging to it would be challenging to anyone else. Would you like a hot take real quick? Yeah. Go for it. Can I say give, this? Give it to me. I would say it's I would say it's less impressive for Mr. Tomerful Tanks mm. to play Woody, a lovable cowboy, than it is for a known shit heel and shit eater, Tim Allen, to make me like him as a space cowboy. <laughs> Here's the thing though, I'm not gonna like him. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, until this moment, I, I had blocked I know out how the fact bad, that it was Tim Allen. I know how bad Tim Allen is, and I still <laughs> like Buzz Lightyear. I know how cool Tom Hanks is, and Woody can get bent unless he's traveling through space. I'll lock out by Bebop. You know what? I'm going to have to say that is the most that is the most compelling argument you've made. Hey, you know what, bud? I'm going to tell you it this, took tell me right three now. fucking years. I've been watching, I did it. I've been watching the movies since I was in the eighth grade. Mm-hmm. Yeah, congrats, and my, kid, so my, my, my kids now love them. My two beautiful sons love them. I cannot tell you how much the 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 fervor and hatred of Thousand Sons burns when I hear Buzz Lightyear talk. That's when they're like, "Oh, it's Buzz!" But guess what? Doll, my kid has fucking Woody. Okay, Curtis, let me frame it one different way. For mm-hmm. you. Go for it. Could what Tom if? Hanks have played Santa Claus? No, that's not what I want. That's not. No. <laughs> you know who did? No. Curtis, Kurt Russell. He did awesome. Curtis. Imagine Cowboy Bebop, mm-hmm. but imagine Cowboy Bebop in a future mm-hmm. where it's just, we've just imagined it differently, where Spike is actually Woody the toy, oh. a, a, <laughs> a, a toy cowboy from a child's play box. <laughs> He's gone. <laughs> He's going to make, gonna make us listen to Woody. <laughs> Now, Curtis, is that something you would be interested in? <laughs> no. That's right. That's right. You besmirch You actually have a pull cord, Woody? In your <laughs> sure is, buddy. There's a snake in my butt. That's what he says. Um, That's what he does. It is. It, somebody's got to do it, Woody. Is that even Tom Hanks? I don't even Fuck you, Michael. Voice. You're my favorite deputy. I don't Tom Hanks' voice. All right, anyway. Listen. I think that's Tim Allen doing. I think that's Tim Allen doing both voices. I think it is Tim Allen. So anyway, just before we get it, we cut the commercial at CTU. That's not. That's horseshit. That's not even the quote. That's not Tom Hanks at all. Literally. Okay. First of all, that's been seven quotes, and not a single one of them is "There's a snake in my boot." Also. <laughs> That's Tim Allen doing an impression of Tom Hanks doing Woody. It's like Josh Gad doing an impersonation of Tom Hanks doing it an impersonation. It is Frank Caliendo doing Tom Hanks as Woody. Boy, am I glad to see you. It's a lot of them. There's a whole bunch. No snakes. He says one line from his pull cord in the movie. Let's settle up for adventure. There's literally two quotes that you he pulls the cord in the movie. Okay, anyway. Yeehaw, ride him, cowboy. The famous quote of Woody. Being sheriff is a big 
responsibility. It's not there. Hey, someone's got to do it. My wife hey, got buddy, it. Hey. Mm. This town ain't big enough for the two of us. <laughs> Fuck off, bud. <laughs> so at CTU, um, Michelle uh, calls Tony for attention, and he says everyone should be finding out all the information they can get on Kyle Singer in five minutes. We need his location. And we give it to Jack. And then we cut the commercial at two forty nine. We come back at two fifty three, and uh, we see Linda tell Kyle. I can't believe you're this stupid. You're dealing drugs? And he's like, I'm not dealing. I'm just delivering it. Um, <laughs> trafficking drugs, bro. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, his mom, Helen, uh, confronts him about, uh, hey, where'd you get that money? What do you think your dad's going to say when he finds out? And he pouts and goes back to yeah. his room. I, I know we need to r- r- real fast, like for just yeah. a minute, guys. Every I, I need the audience to understand that you cannot watch this episode of this show and not picture his girlfriend, Linda, snorting. All that coke. Oh, big old back Just coke. immediately when she sees Just it. Just snorting it all and then being like, I can't believe you would bring that in here. I can't believe you'd right? do this. And, You're and dealing drugs? Virus. Right. That's what I, I, I was like, that's the, that's the plot, obviously. Here we go. Maybe right? she meant like, I can't believe you. I can't be with someone who wouldn't share a whole bag of cocaine with me. I had to snort it all instead. It's kind of like when someone brings you a cake and you're like, oh, you, sh- you really shouldn't have. I'm going to eat this whole thing. You know, you can't bring that bag of cocaine in here, Kyle. You know, it's, 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 I it's did weird it all. All I said here, and this is what I have in my notes, literally, it's like, this is strange, because the writers wrote a story of what would happen if one of our stupid friends in college showed up with a bag of cocaine. <laughs> right? I was like, hey, mm-hmm. help me sell this bag of cocaine. You're like, no, I'm not no. going to help you sell it. Also, you know, in, hey, can you be okay with me being a coke dealer? No, I'm no, not okay not, with that shit. And you're like, oh, I don't know. Did I, I ever tell, tell you guys? More. I'm confused about the plot now. <laughs> <laughs> Did I ever tell you guys that I found a small vial of cocaine at my house after a party one time? No. Yeah, it was like maybe like a half the size of my pinky, which is like a beige plastic oh, no. like tube of what was definitely coke. Because uh, our friend, our friend don't say, don't my roommate, don't say yeah, my roommate tried it and his tongue went numb. Uh, like, <laughs> I mean, that could be anything, though. Let's be it could be anything, but it was definitely after a, after a party where one of our friends who does coke showed up. Um, but then, like. My roommate just threw it out on the tree, like on the bushes out front. And I like for a second, I was mad. I was like, why did you do that? We had Coke. And then I was like, what was I going to do with that? Like, I wasn't going to do it. And second of all, like, I know if I tried to sell any kind of drugs, I would just get arrested within mm-hmm. the first. Like, does anyone want Coke? No, you wouldn't. Oh, and that, was under, the, that was also the semester that all the squirrels in your area became very, very aggressive and ate dude, through your house. Those big fuckers chased your dog. I remember that shit. Yeah, it was insane. Who, Florida squirrels who are... Who knew that cocaine would make Florida squirrels basically crazy? Also, also Kush, they wouldn't have arrested you. They would have, they would have talked to you and then drove to Fort Myers to arrest me. <laughs> 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 oh, oh all right son where'd learned. you get it where'd <laughs> you get it we know who's your black friend oh Listen, okay we checked your facebook friends and uh narrowed it down to a couple suspects i got pulled over in gainesville for making a legal left-hand turn when i was clearly in the left-hand turn lane and turned with all my white friends in the car and they were like that was weird and i said no it wasn't <laughs> wait 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 were you black at the time I was. Then that, yeah. See, if you make a left-hand turn when you're black, that's that's and, that's where the illegal and, part comes and in. Running, and running for student for student uh, senate. And then I remember I put my hand in the pocket because it was cold outside, and he pulled a gun on me. Meanwhile, our friends in the car were all dumping their drinks out because they were <laughs> drinking open container in the car, and he didn't give a shit. So, hashtag awesome. Yay, Florida. <laughs>
Yeah. <laughs> back to back to the episode, Kush. Gotta love it. We get a tiny clock at 2.55. <laughs> Please is. take a drink. Um, so we see President David Palmer walking over to his Dr. Ann Packard, uh, who we also know uh, they bones and um, And uh, he apologizes for standing her up and uh, says, I'm having your security clearance upgraded, which I guess sure. is just something they can have on the fly because I need your help. Um, what do you know about type 3 mnemonic viruses? Everything. And she says, well, they're fairly new and there are several strains and they're all deadly. <laughs> Um, and uh, he tells her the threat and, uh, says, I want you to talk to her, talk to Dr. Sonny Macer at, uh, NHS and, uh, Curtis, I, she good or bad? A sexy mole? I, we got a sex mole? I mean, she a mole, but I don't understand <laughs> David's logic here. I'm trying to figure it out. It's like, it's like it, 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 okay. I, I, it, it, it essentially is, is like me going to my wife, who's a doctor and saying, Hey. Can you talk to this doctor and then tell me doctor things? I, I well, don't. It's also, it. I don't understand the, the, the extra layer. Yeah, like he like can you just hear the stuff from the just doctor. talk. Just talk. You're the president. Talk to the doctor. Like just ask her what's happening. I don't. But it's also and like no no like no knock against it. But it's like I know enough about how doctors like specialize that. Correct. Hey, my general practitioner. Please talk to this bioweapons expert yeah. and get the lowdown on mnemonic virus. Maybe yeah. she's she minored in virology. Yeah, so. I'm, my wife is 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 a genius and I respect her, but she's a vagina doc. I don't ask her about shit to do with my penis, so I wouldn't ask internal medicine doctor about virology. That's a bad plan. That's how things. But aren't fail. viruses aren't viruses internal, Curtis? Oh Got fuck off! What? <laughs> Look at this. Got him. Okay. There are two types of doctors. There's the internal specialist and dermatologist. That's it. Science. Uh, <laughs> next. <laughs> wow, you you don't even listen to your wife at all, huh, bud? I don't. I don't because she does vaginas. That's <laughs> Which, as we all know, are internal or They're external. Inside. Probably. I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? The, you have to believe in them for them to show up. So, <laughs> so um, Anne tells him that like, you should just get out out of L.A. Sorry. because. <laughs> <laughs> so Anne suggests that you just get the fuck out of L.A. Yeah. during thing, yeah. and uh, this is, yeah. the Secret Service can't protect you for this. And Dave says. Don't worry, we'll leave the situation to get serious. Go talk to Sonny Maester. Uh, Don't so they worry, smooch. Aaron Pierce actually doubles as a face mask. I just yeah. rip so him Aaron, open and shove him on my face, so and he takes so Aaron all Pierce of it. interrupts. So we, Aaron Pierce interrupts with David. As we discussed before about the defense budget, I I think that this is what lost the audience for twenty four. Are you telling me the Secret Service can't shoot viruses? You can't Pew-pew-pew. target a microbe, bro. I saw I saw Wanted. Mm-hmm. That Scotsman mm-hmm. shot the wings off a fly. Mm-hmm, you mm-hmm, mm-hmm. better be able to shoot a virus, my friend. Well, I mean, they're they're treasury agents, Curtis. There's no you money fuck in off. viruses. Well, got them. You um, shoot that Adams. No, everyone friend. knows that the Secret Service is the best spies. They're like the James Bonds of the United States. Yes. Let's get into the end game here. We're almost to almost to the end of the nope. episode. We have three minutes oh, left. I see what you want to do, because You want to tighten it up. You want to make the fan believe that we have begun to have some kind of professionalism that's ridiculous professional no fan you are here to hear this ridiculousness and you will take all of it we are dumb we are stupid we are time wasters and we are here to serve you and you will love it young dumb and full of bad 24 
trivia. Now, mm. listen to my fan fiction about Woody as an interna- <laughs> intergalactic space pirate. Um, so we see Jack tell Chase that uh, I need you to Woody take Woody pulled Parker off his old badge. Team. Won't my be needing you started. anymore, good buddy. You can have my badge. <laughs> you ain't getting my gun. Guys, just side note, Mama Cappy's security scan just started to, just began to start. And I think it's because I mentioned the word whale. <laughs> Accurate. <laughs> oh, oh, someone mentioned my favorite topic. Oh, um, God. So, Jack tells Chase to go just take Zach Parker. wait till season six, six, Curtis. Jesus. Whale, whale, fucking, whale fucking plays oh, a big part in season yes. six. <laughs> Does he smang that whale? Oh, God, you would not believe. There's smanging, there's... there's Bluffing is by this time is Jack like my, like like our man's uh, Flint Flossie is he international? Mm. I think by season six he is. Mm. Yeah, I'm pretty Ladies, sure. Earl, smash it and bang it. Kush, the floor is yours. I'm sorry. Just gonna get clean margins on this <laughs> cut. I'm gonna have to make. <laughs> um, that better all be in there, my friend. I want it. I just won't stop talking. I'll just keep going like this until you can't even cut it because there's no empty space and it's gonna sound really weird because there's gonna be a weird thing where I'm like, bah, 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 bah. you have a. It's hoodie weird on. that you've never interacted with the generate silence <laughs> effect on Audacity. If I scream loud enough when you're near the microphone, ah, now my now I'm now I'm in your ears and your microphone. I'm dying. Okay, <laughs> we have three minutes left of this episode. When did you become a Stonehenge monk? What's happening over there, man? <laughs> it's one a.m. I'm so tired. Let's go. Okay. So we cut to an alleyway uh, where Jack is telling Chase that he needs him to take Zach Parker down to CTU, and Chase is like, "No, I'm gonna go get Singer. Any asshole could bring in uh, Parker." And Jack says, "Uh, no." <laughs> and Chase wants to know why he's trying to get rid of him, and uh, Jack is like, "I think he's got more info. You need to get it from him." And Chase is like. This is about Kim. Are you punishing me for dating your daughter? And like, yes, mm-hmm. dumbass. Chase, you dumb dumb. And so, what does Zach say? Zach or Jack? What Jack? does Jack, Jack say? He says you can't. It's too dangerous. He's like, sorry. If you want to be with Kim, I can't put you in harm's way. Can't have it both ways, way Chase. Mm-hmm. And Chase is like, are you kidding me? Chase is like, nah, nah. You, you, go you want to fuck daughter? No field yeah. work. Pick one, fam. Yeah. And um, so Jack just reiterates his orders to take uh, Parker away, and he gets in the car and leaves, and Chase just kind of shakes his head, and we get a tiny clock at 2.58, please take a drink. And um, David walks over to Wayne Palmer and um, asks what's going on, and <laughs> Wayne hands him David or, uh, John Keeler's uh, playbook, which David had specifically told him, I don't want, and uh, David doesn't look inside and starts to walk away, and Wayne says, there's something you need to see, and David just like, I don't want to hear so- it. Guys, I'm sorry. So there's there's a great Keen Peel, uh, uh, little little skit on this. It seems hilarious to me. Um, essentially, uh, one of the characters says, you know, we need to create an app, and we need to get lighting in a bottle. And the other character says, but I got that though. And the character says, what do you mean? He's like, lighting in a bottle. And he shows him that he has lighting in a bottle, which is what like it seems like Wayne's just like, but I got that though. And David's like, but no, that's not a thing. And he's like, no, but here, here, here it is, though. <laughs> what, what's they got? Here's this, here's this folder full of info, though. Just, just, just look at it, David. And he's like, who's it about? It's about who's Anne. the info about? It's about Anne. Essentially, we didn't know about her. What? Because I've been digging like is, crazy. Because I what hate David's her. brother is telling him, and is is David anybody who any woman who your dick gets near is bad cannot be trusted. <laughs> Your dick is, it, it's, it's, is it just seeks out untrustworthiness. I'm your, sorry. Your, so, your penis 
is a divining rod of bad. Mm. So this was something. So David or Wayne says Keeler found out about it. Something we didn't know about. And David's like, Keeler can't play the race or the girlfriend card in this debate. And Wayne says like, he won't have to. It's that bad. And uh, y'all, we think Anne racist or just got a secret sexy past. So I wrote or both. I wrote is Anne is Anne Mandy in disguise? Is interesting. Is Anne Sherry in disguise? Oh shit! Interesting, interesting, or interesting. Is in Nina in disguise? I don't, mm. I, I, I've seen too many Mission Impossible. So many possible. I don't know. Who yeah, I was gonna is. say, do you think this 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 will become Mission Impossible? <laughs> um. So we get a split screen. We see Anne calling Doctor Macer. We see Kyle staring at what he thinks is a bag of cocaine. We see Ramon Salazar being led back to his cell. We see Jack cruising along in a. 2004 Ford Expedition, buy one today. Um, and uh, we see Michelle Dessler bring up the casualty estimates. And then we cut to a dark room with that that shadowy man who's watching some security Hector's footage. Hector's phone he gets dude. Nut- Hector's phone dude. And um, we get a, we realize he gets another call from Hector. And uh, he tells him that, yep, Kyle is still in the house and he has the bag. And then he looks at another camera. And for the first time, we see him checking in on the prison. And he sees Ramon Salazar. He says, he's just waiting to come home. And then uh, they end the call, and the man changes the security cameras away from the pool, away from the prison, it's to a more CTU. familiar location. Unit, y'all. Everything resets, and he nods at the screen and adjusts his shirt, and he walks towards the door. He hits a red button and walks into a kind of busy office setting, and he walks slowly through some hallways until he turns into a large room, and we see... The floor emblazoned with a familiar government seal. And then someone interrupts him and says, Gael, Chloe's been looking for you in IT. Who is it? It's motherfucking Kim. We got them all. Yo. We got them all. Yo. We got them all. We, we, we just answered dudes a mo. Also, they, um, they turned this, it over this, so fast, y'all. This bro's been missing. He's been he's been missing in the tech room for a good two hours during a crisis, and like nobody's yep. nobody's been checking him because we haven't seen him walking around CTU, so he hasn't been doing his job. We also don't know what his role is at CTU. We have no idea. We just know his name is Gael, and he is at CTU, and he is the, apparently the mole. He's the, the HVAC guy. He's a fucking mole. Now, guys, I'm not happy about this. You're not happy about what, bud? I looked up. Also, I, I need to say I, we. We cut to black at 2.59 and 59 seconds. Curtis, please go ahead. I looked up the actor who plays Gael. Mm-hmm. Has he been on Law & Order? No Law & Order credits. You know what he has been on, y'all? Uh-oh. CSI New Orleans, probably. <laughs> He's been on CSI and CSI Miami. Oh, shit. CSI Miami is where all the villains come from. I gotta change the rules, y'all. I didn't know I, I, didn't know I had to change the rules. I mean, modern era, bro. Mm-hmm. Law & Order and order. CSI? Fuck. CS order. It's d- oh, it's deep now. So, okay. Yeah. So we, we cut the commercial. It's now the 3 p.m. hour. So Curtis, we, we have our, I feel like this season we're at least one episode ahead of like the pace that we were at last one. Like mm-hmm. Jack has already found like a real contact in the, in the underworld. Mm-hmm. We've, we know who the mole is already at CTU. Um, David is already aware that someone in his camp is, has betrayed him, which is about 18 episodes before we normally get that. Like, David's way ahead of the mole curve mm-hmm. in, within his group. So, I feel like, this, again, we say, like, see, this episode was nice and tight. We're moving along. 
Chris, how are you feeling about all this, the revelations we've got in this episode? I, I know I say this. I think I say this every season. I'm excited because things things are going to get real freaky naughty. Like the amount of stuff they've revealed in the first two episodes, they they got to go up from here. It's going to get mm-hmm. real horny, y'all. Just just real horny. Like the fact that the fact that Kyle's girlfriend didn't do all the cocaine. Did you say girlfriend? Girlfriend. Girlfriend. <laughs> all right, just checking. That scares me. And I like it. Mm-hmm. The fact that Kim I mean, isn't is in a secure location. What? Where are we going now, y'all? What's happening? I'm excited. Yeah, Curtis. I mean, I, I think I've mentioned to you before that I think this is my favorite. This and the next season are my favorite 24 episodes of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it is funny though that you said Kim is in a secure location, <laughs> knowing the fate of CTU in the last two seasons. <laughs> So that's, that is interesting. I, I would, it's like I you, hope, you haven't watched this. I show. would hope they'd at least get some bomb sniffing dogs at CTU at some point. Just be like, "Hey, y'all, we've had a couple explosions. Let's sniff them out. A taste, just a taste." Yeah, we'll see. Michael, do you have? Do you remember this season well, Michael? Do you remember where we go from here? Um, I don't. I don't at all, to be honest. I mean, I do. I have highlights. Okay. I think I know where the general the general uh, gist of how it ends up, but I don't remember the middle parts. That's fair. So I think we can all agree. I don't remember so much of this, like the intricacies, but I think we can all agree that David Palmer is going to confront and with the whatever information he just for sure got, immediately and then brush it under the rug. Yeah. Completely. Oh yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because right. I mean, it's not his son who he has to throw in jail. I mean, come on. Right. This is someone who made a choice right. on their own free yeah, will. Yeah. Um. So okay. So Curtis, any big predictions for season or hour three? Oh, just for hour. What th- just for hour three? Just for just for the next hour. What do you think is coming down the pipe? You think we're Chase gonna, and Jack is that no, no. Chase and Jack are gonna so, kiss and make up? No. <laughs> in the next hour? Just the next hour? I don't Or maybe don't, just kiss. I don't think that Jack will shoot just kiss? Chase in this hour. I think just that David is gonna approach his girlfriend with a B flat. Oh. Okay, that's, not that's a C sharp. Got a little lower. Then he's gonna go up. Then he's gonna okay. hit a little higher. That's where I'm at right oh, now. Really? That's what I think's gonna happen. Oh, yeah. he's gonna be like, he'll hit it a, he'll hit it a little higher. <laughs> he's, gonna say, he's gonna say he's gonna say and so I, I found something out. And she's going to say, David, what? And he's going to say, what do you want to tell me? It's going to get up there. I'm excited about that, but that's about it. I don't think, I don't think, okay. there's no major revelations from Chase's side I'm going to see. I don't think, I, I think episode three is going to be a little bit light. I think we're going to move the, the drug plot forward a little bit. But I think episode four is where it's really going to start to pop mm, off. Okay. Yeah. If I had to guess. Um, but yeah, uh, Michael, any, anything big you're looking forward to? What do you, anything you want to see? I mean, we have six hours. Well, we only have four hours left now, right? Yeah, that's you it. You said you have till you know we have six hours to get this uh, get Ramon Salazar out the jail. No, I said I have six hours until I have to go to work tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's right. No, they have, they have hours, three more <laughs> hours. They have three more hours to get the information they yeah, need. Yeah, because you know, so um, I'm kind of excited to see what happens because they they have Cal Singer's name. Mm-hmm. They're going to his place. But the mole's watching shit. Here's what here's what I'm curious. So we so we have a little bit of that, and I think in the classic 24 structure, you know, I I joke that the the villain for the first half of season one of this this season was going to be heroin. <laughs> but like Curtis, do you think that Ramon Salazar is and the Salazar clan is the big bad of this no. season? Like, what's the real threat? The cabal. Do you have any, we don't. You we still don't know who the cabal was. It was three years ago, though. I don't care. That was, 
They, they, um, they and, tried to kill David. He's not dead yet. Can I say this? Mm-hmm. Um, so this is, I, I was reading through it mostly because I wanted to learn more about Chase, which boy, howdy, <laughs> he went, he goes through a lot. Um, but uh, I, I want to, I, I think we should have done the video game before we started the season because um, I'm looking at it right like now. No you joke. Can, we can get a, we can get an emulated or a, an emulator Perfect. version of it. I think we might need to take a break because, like, from the Wikipedia, there is one thing that, like, Jack and Chase raid a boat and, like, shoot Max 18 times. Like, in the Wikipedia, it distinctly says, like, they shot Max the terrorist 18 times. So I was like, oh, oh well. It's a no cabal. There are videos. There are YouTube videos online watching the playthrough of 24. We just do that. I, maybe we do that for like three episodes, but I do think the cabal might be done adjacent. Like they might be done adjacent, if not done completely. Well, fine, fine. I I only say that Curtis to get you on the right track for predictions. I don't want to burst your bubble, but I we should also play the game. <laughs> Mm-hmm. All right, gents. Well, I think that's going to do it for us this week on uh, Longest Days of Our Lives. Thank you so much for joining us. Everyone, if you like this episode, you can find out more information at goodbuddymedia.com. You can also find out more information about our sister show, Trends in Low Places, in which uh, Michael and I, and occasionally Curtis, when he's got the spare time, we talk about the dumbest internet trends that we can possibly find. And uh, we just hit episode 100 for that show. Did it. A big old milestone. And See if you know- I. I'm gonna I'm gonna call our shot and say it might be our silliest one yet. So honestly, if you like the ridiculous humor of this show, you will almost certainly like that one. Um, but yeah, you can find out more information at goodbuddymedia.com about about both of those shows. And Curtis, how else can people help us out with both of our good shows? Yeah, folks, if you want to help us out, go ahead and subscribe to our shows, both Trends Little Places and Long Lives Lives on uh on your podcast app of choice, whether it's Spotify. So oh 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 a little, little, little hard there. Sorry, Spotify. One more time. For Spotify. <laughs> oh no, Spotify, iTunes, uh, Podbean, or whatever your your app of choices for podcasts. Go ahead and subscribe to us on that on that and hook us up. And then when you do that, please give us a rating or review so we can move up the charts and become a podcast or not. Um, and and know that the the Tilp Show is is a, a Curtis free show for the most part. So you know. The boys do good work there. So love that. And come here to get a little bit of this guy. He's not great, but, you know, love us too. I'm going to cut all that. Why are you talking bad about yours? I love you so much. Why are you talking bad about yourself? I'm going to allow that on the not air. Good. How dare you? And, and I'm drunk. So there's that. Um, but, Michael, how can the folks help us on the old social medias? Yeah, you can find us on Twitter, uh, Facebook, and Instagram. Uh at uh, L Dualcast, L D O L Cast. I don't actually think you can find us on Instagram there. You can find us on Instagram <laughs> at Tiltcast, though, if you really want to. <laughs> but, uh, you know, when you search, or you can search for Trends in Low Places or Longest Days of Our Lives. Um, and uh, please follow us and retweet and favorite and um, share our posts, especially when we have a new episode, um, to let your friends know that uh, they should listen to us. And uh, I yeah. think you also mentioned, but maybe not, uh, that you can contact us at goodbuddymedia at gmail.com if you want to send us some information or uh, something about the show or if you have some insight about anything related to counterterrorism at all. We'll take it. Yeah, I didn't actually mention that. Oh, Michael, great. So I you. did it. But yeah, even if you just want to say hi or send us a message to read to a fellow listener or fan, we'll do yeah. that. Just shoot us an email. We read everything we get. We love to hear from everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, well, gentlemen, I really hate to tell you this, but uh, we are running out of time. Toodles. Ha <laughs> ha.
Oh, <laughs> 